0: This is The Jewellers Podcast, a Social Storytellers production.
1: Hello, this is The Jewellers Podcast. So, today Tatum is in town. Tatum Gems. Tatum Gems. Laura Phyllis in what, the house. What are you doing here? <laughs> I just, Why are you here?
0: I just came to hang out with you guys.
1: <laughs> Wait. home
0: away from home, Sydney.
1: <laughs> do you come here a lot? I feel like I do. Yeah, sure. I
0: feel like I do. Last trip that I was here, sometime last year, a jeweller said to me, we, we caught up for drinks, and he said, where have you been? I haven't seen you lately. I said, I've just been busy. And he said, oh, I saw you were flying somewhere today. I said, yeah, I flew here. I said, you know, I don't live in Sydney, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure. apparently a local. I just sort of keep to myself.
1: But you're from Adelaide?
0: <laughs> Correct, yes. Yeah. I live and work in Adelaide.
1: And how is business?
0: Business is great. Yeah, very
1: good.
0: Business is booming. It's a good yeah. time to be a gem cutter.
1: Very it's a good. Very
0: small industry and getting smaller.
1: Yeah. And uh, do you find the travelling interstate really beneficial and um, or, or is it
0: I guess so. I mean passion or I can kinda work a bit of both. I can kinda work from wherever. I mean I run my business pretty much online and I've been trying to reach out, I guess, more by travelling interstate and overseas a little bit to visit more of my clients, maybe touch base, meet them face to face. And just generally network a bit more.
1: And uh, we also have my partner in crime and love in business, Tom. Hello. Uh, Hi. (laughs) You might have heard me talk about him in the past if you're a regular listener. Yep. This is him.
2: Hello, I'm here.
1: (laughs) So Tom is a social media expert and uh, Laura is a bit of a social media whiz. (laughs) So I thought it'd be good to get these two in To pick their brains And see if we can find Anything that is Worth implementing in your own Practices Mm. I just want to lead with Something Chris Sir said in the October podcast, and that's when. And he's he's got like I don't know fifty thousand followers. Maybe I'm downgrading him. He's got
0: maybe he should be behind the mic instead of me. Many,
1: (laughs) many, many people following him. Um, And he said when he first started, he he didn't realise that 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 was his audience that he kind of looked beyond that audience and it resonated with me because I remember when I first started my jewellery Instagram uh, and Facebook, Tom's aunt would like and comment on things and I felt like I couldn't comment or like back at what she was saying because it was Tom's aunt and I was pretending to be a business and rather than a person. Uh, Is that something that yeah, well, You've I struggled with at I, all. I, like, not so much,
0: but I guess a good thing to point out here would be that before social media, I mean, we're talking about Instagram, Facebook, and things like that today. Before social media, businesses had followers, they had fans, they had customers, and things like that. But social media has really put a number on that. It's put a um, really You know, and it's something good or bad. Um, it's something that we almost crave or we we read into. We're always chasing that follower. We're chasing that like. Um, but it can, it can be used for good or evil, I think. It can be used for good if you're a good business, if you treat your customers well. Things like that can also be used for evil, perhaps if something, <laughs> something didn't go right, or maybe <laughs> maybe you've got a customer that um, just wanted to have a attack, who knows.
1: Sure. Well, maybe that was, uh, that those numbers were unknown to businesses before, but something that with analytics and, yeah. and things, you can you can draw some conclusions about... How successful your business is, mm. and like
2: the the other part that's the most important part is, is it suddenly made it a, a two way conversation. It was always media agencies or brands sharing information out, putting out a press release, talking to the news, putting something on TV and ad, whatever. There was no chance for the consumer to to have their say and voice their opinions back. You know, you could send a letter to the editor, yeah. and it might get printed. Oh, sure. They used
1: to have that big brown box with a hole in it. (laughs) The suggestion box. (laughs) In
2: terms of getting a public discourse happening and stuff, you could get a letter to the editor in the newspaper and maybe some people would talk about it. But that was the only way that a consumer could talk to another consumer about a brand or a product. And Mm. now you've got a spot where you can talk directly to the brand or product, but you can also talk to friends about that or people you don't know and get a conversation going. And that, I think, is absolutely invaluable that's the actual value social media ads for brands okay mm. it's, yeah. I, I don't look at it <laughs> as sales or things i like think
0: that. it personalizes it and that's probably yeah. been i mean i'm only a new business i've only had my business for about two or three years and so my business is based online it is based around followers and likes and comments and interaction and um i think that interaction is is what personalizes my brand and, and brings people back and brings followers and and certainly from networking and, and my recent trip overseas and things like that, you know, people come up to me and they, they come up to me like they're my friend, you know. They, yeah. I haven't always met them and I don't always know who they are until they introduce themselves and sometimes after that I still don't. But I recognise their, their Instagram name or their Facebook name and I go, yeah, we've had a conversation, you know. But yeah. they feel in touch with me because of what I share and how I write my posts and how I talk about my product and my knowledge and I share my excitement, my joy, my nerdiness, with my fans and my and followers and, yeah. and my clients. And um, I think that in itself helps to sell my product. It, it, I'm selling myself.
1: Did that come fairly early on, your sort of ease of being able to um, talk as yourself? Or did that um, take a bit of time? Or did you, did you I feel comfortable? So.
0: I think so. I mean, as a person, I grew up, I was always quite shy, which some people might find that shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I was always quite shy, but... With gemstones and with my business, as soon as I started studying gemology, it was my passion. I loved it. And I love talking about it. I love working with it. I love teaching it. So when I started my business, I guess I didn't have an official motto or or business statement, I guess. But I wanted to – it wasn't just about a dollar. It wasn't just about selling a product. I wanted to share knowledge. I wanted to share passion. I wanted to – I guess, encourage and invite other people to that safe space, I yeah. guess. And I think – I mean, I, I am like this around my friends and my family and other people who perhaps understand gemstones and gemology, but I like sharing that with my followers and I guess I like pushing those boundaries of how nerdy can I get, yeah, how dorky, how cheeky <laughs> can I be, and they'll love it. And, and yeah. I think they do love it. You know, they then – Either throw it back at me or, you know, they can see, I guess, a, a window inside of my personality with it too.
1: Yeah, sure. So, like, technically, that's like a brand voice, would you say, yeah. at times?
2: Yeah, developing a persona. It's, yeah. it's a really good way, especially... Like,
0: I think don't be afraid of it, you know. don't. Yeah. It's good to be professional, but don't be afraid to let
2: them in a little bit too.
1: Yeah, sure.
2: And this definitely plays in if you've got an account where multiple people will be working on it and running it, then all of a sudden if you've got one brand identity, one brand voice that communication comes through, it doesn't matter if different people are signing off or things like that, different people are writing, it's still got the same tone. So it's kind of trying to find what's the voice of the company rather than what's your personal voice. And it sounds like you did a great job of mixing your personal voice Mm. with a representation of your brand and then that's, that's the ones that really work.
0: Mm, yeah, and th- and I think that has become part of my brand now. And, um, you know, people, people send me personal messages, oh, I love that joke oh or that, yeah. mm-hmm. that terrible pun. Or, you know, and I said, there's more coming. But,
2: <laughs> and That's that's the part that makes you stand out from your competitors because you've worked out Absolutely. who your audience is. You know that they like a laugh, like a joke, and you're providing them content that Yeah, so that they want to see. Yeah. That's
1: right. I think that's another important word is content, where you're, where you're talking a lot. And sharing information, you're inadvertently sharing a lot of content that people are craving at the moment. That's what it's all about mm. in social media, would you say, Tom?
2: Yeah, content is king.
1: Content is king, yeah. I think there's a couple of different ways
0: to share content, and he probably knows a bit more than he's the professional here. Yeah. But, I mean, you can you can do your own market research by the people you follow as well. So there's a couple of people I follow, and they oh, like sure. sharing a lot about their experience, they like really being in touch with their followers and they're very conscious of that. Or you could be more, if it's just about sales and it's just about selling or just um, putting a, a brand out there, I suppose, you might be more direct and to the point about what you're talking about in that specific post, that mm. particular product. And I think you, you kind of want to work out what kind of content you want to share and what the message you're trying to get across is, yeah. really.
1: Yeah. I'll, sometimes just the straight sell – isn't very successful on I, no, social media. I th-
2: it very, very rarely works because people are there having a conversation with their friends. If you're posting from a brand page, you're interrupting someone's conversation. So it's got to be either worth reading or funny. Mm, Those two yeah. things. I think part of there's a huge you know there's a huge rule of show don't tell. The fact that you're showing your process, but then putting your humanity into that. Mm. That's, uh, you know, that's that's stuff. People crave that.
1: But you actually are selling sometimes on Instagram. Yep. Uh,
0: And even when I'm not selling, I'm still selling. mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the illusion.
0: Because, and look, sometimes I I have writer's block, I guess, almost. You know, I go, I need need to post something today or I want to share this amazing stone that I've cut but I don't want to do the push sell. I'm not a push seller. And I try and think, okay, well, what's a story I can tell about it? How can I spin its personality of the stone? Or how mm-hmm. can I tie in a, a terrible gem pun or something else to engage them without
2: realise that they're being engaged
0: about a product that they could buy?
1: Yeah, so what's your analysis of that part?
2: Look, I, one, one thing I love about social is that you're communicating tiny little bite-sized pieces, but there is a way to make that all string together into a longer narrative And that's some of the success I've found in the past. If I've got to go really salesy, to try and force sales into a story. Mm. So have something that might last four weeks. Uh, I worked for Tic Tac for for many years. And we did a long campaign. Um, It was all around the – we did a few, but festival of fun. It was lots of bite-sized competitions of throwaway content that made nothing. Mm. But all put together, created this really long campaign that was quite beautiful and stuff like that. And it spiked sales 200 and something percent. And so, it was just literally like so much of it was hitting people with a similar message over and over again of, hey, this new one's available but you could win this or you could play this game or something. Well, and I find incentive.
0: on those posts that I do where, you know, I'm selling but not selling, I'll, I'll check my Google Analytics or I'll look at. Um, website traffic and things like that, and it does spike it. I don't always get the direct sale from it, but it's getting more people looking at my product because it's shown up in their news feed or for whatever reason it's triggered a memory in their head. Oh, I wanted to look at the other stone actually, or oh, I was, you know, looking at the website the other day. I'll go look again if there's anything else. So it's just about putting you in their in their memory, in the, in the forefront of their mind, I suppose. Like you were saying about TikTok, I mean, you look at bus stops and the there's some of those ice ice block. Adverts oh, on yeah. sort of three bus stops in a row. Yeah. All of a sudden you're feeling like you need an ice block, but you don't know why. You oh, didn't uh, notice the first two, but the third one you're going, oh, and ice I block. bet
2: yeah, very within so. 250 <laughs> metres of that last bus stop is a service station or an, a 7 Eleven, so you can go in there.
0: Yeah, it's all about um, what's the word? Inception. It's
2: pester power. It's <laughs> yeah. the same thing kids do to us. It's just that repetition wears you down. You suddenly become a lot more accepting of something and then allow it in. Okay. It works.
1: Uh, do, do you do a lot of planning? or are you more impulsive or a bit of both a bit of
0: both probably more impulsive certainly when I do my Instagram special sales which go really nuts I'll usually think of it the day before and I go oh I'm going to do this today and I I work myself to the bone and then make it happen but I don't sit down and do a media plan or a social media plan so much and work out what I'm going to do for the next month or the next week I do like to try and have a couple of ideas in my head I mean today um for example, I'm thinking oh, I should post something. What should I post? Do I want to do the selling not selling kind of post? Do I want to post about the fact that I'm in Sydney? Do I want to post something gem nerdy because I've been lecturing this week? You know, something educational. Um, so I've always kind of got ideas in my head. And if I'm really stuck, I actually go back through my own social media and go, what have I, what haven't I posted about in a while? Oh, have sure. I, have I done a photograph with, um, you know, some of the tools I use for gem cutting or have I done a, a post about maybe the, the birthstone of the month or things like that. So I actually draw inspiration from my own work because it's it's good to recycle not necessarily the same content again, but similar content that worked previously.
1: And do you find you have those cycles of like...
0: Absolutely. It'll... Loss of inspiration. <laughs> Absolutely. Some weeks, you know, I've, I've got 20 photos to post and I just can't post enough. And yeah. other weeks I've gone, I just can't even scratched together three and I'm not feeling that inspiration and I think that's one of the negative things that comes with social media and having followers rather than just customers is that you feel you have to feed this this animal you know you it should just flow and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't and when it doesn't that's okay no one's no one's banging on the door going why haven't you posted anything where are you You yeah
2: it's it, it comes in flows, I guess.
1: How do you view planning?
2: So I'd I'd say I'd be on the flip opposite side of you. O- off the cuff terrifies me, largely because I was working with groups that had legal teams and we need a lot of approvals. So we always had things planned out at least a month in advance. Enough room for reactive stuff. A couple of posts throughout the month if something crazy happened in the world that we could relate to. But a lot of that was, as you say, returning to stuff that you know has worked. We, we call those content pillars and setting mm-hmm. up... You know, we'd have one that's topical, one that's sales, one that might, you know, things that rely to your brand or to your uh, industry.
1: So you can split content into categories. That's right, and and
2: you'd look at that and you'd say, okay, well I want to do two to three topical posts a month and then you'd look at a, a calendar of events that are happening and we were doing one the other day and we noticed that World Manatee Appreciation Day is coming up. There you go, perfect content. So we bang that in, that's not for three weeks. We've got three weeks to plan a photo get everything ready, decide if that needs a bit of media support, if you're going to put some money behind it and things like that, and then not stress about it.
0: (laughs) It's funny. When I first – obviously, I have no professional uh, training in any of this. And so I do the the off-the-cuff. But when I first sat down and worked out I wanted to start a business, I sat down and wrote, I think, four months' worth of social media posts, Mm -hmm. you know, for January, February, March, April – and you know, I thought right every Wednesday I'm going to share. And in fact, if you go far enough back, I did do some of this on my social media. Every Wednesday I would share, you know, a feature product of the week. And yep. on Monday, the first Monday of every month, I'd share about the birthstone. And and every Friday or every second Friday, I would post these kind of things so that it would be, um, I guess, regimented for people following me to know what to expect, mm-hmm. and what was coming up. Because I I'm a one woman show, it's hard to provide all that uh, content. I guess at the start of the month or to plan it and. Because things come up during the month and I'm an excited little gem nerd, things come up in the month and go, oh, I just cut this amazing stone and I want to tell everyone about it and I can't wait for three weeks to post about it I want to do it now. Yeah, so I get a little bit excited about, you know, posting the latest thing that I've cut or um, I guess sharing, you know, maybe a sneak peek of what's happening and then people get so excited with me that I then have to share the the finished product a day or so later. So the really structured posts didn't work for me so well some weeks If I'm full of content and full of inspiration, I kind of know roughly what I'm gonna post that week and Mm -hmm. the spacing of the days of when I wanna post it. But usually I sort of go, oh, what am I gonna post today? And what time of day am I gonna post it? Because I don't know so much about the algorithms now, but sometimes that's important too, depending on your audience and where they're based. Um, You've got different times of day that your content is gonna be noticed more.
1: So do you do that? Do you like, I'm gonna post something for my US? audience today i'm going to wait until 4am or sometimes
0: i do i mean so my insights on instagram tell me this is just for my client base and, and or my followers sorry not my client base but i think 6am and 9pm are my best times apparently oh, sure. or or they're the times that the most amount of engagement happens with my followers yeah okay so and obviously 6am people over the other side of the world the us europe places like that are awake yeah. Lately, I have been finding if I post something in the middle of the day, it's not really getting a lot of traction or interest. But it's always changing. The yeah. algorithms and the audience are always changing. Depends on the post. Um, sorry, the post how effective it is. If it's maybe an eye capturing image, if it's a well written or in interesting post, it's it's ever changing. And and so I'm ever adapting as well because I don't have any trained skills in this. I'm ever adapting to what yeah. works for me and my business.
2: And, and what works for me as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, you're reacting to mm. what you're seeing and the engagement you're perceiving yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Can I
2: ask, do you get any age demographic breakdown?
0: I do get an age demographic breakdown and gender as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't look at these things a lot. I could maybe look at them more and if I had more time and I wanted to be a guru in this, I'd perhaps target that a little bit more. I don't pay for any advertising. sure. So I, I might do the odd sponsored post throughout the year and I probably spend I'm going to say $50 in advertising every year awesome like I don't spend much at all sure so it's all it's all organic very well done yeah Yeah, it's all organic if I wanted to target that more with sponsored ads I could target areas I could target hashtags or, or categories I think they're called um that people like viewing the age demographic I think it's maybe between 25 to 45 standard and that's probably because you know I'm I'm in that age bracket and and a lot of jewelers and my clients are in that age
2: bracket I was going to say that timing the 6am is before you get the kids up and you, have, you might have just done some sport or been to the gym or mm-hmm. coming back from there. It's before you start your commute. So you treat yourself to a little bit of social media time before you kick off the day. Yeah,
1: that's what I do in bed. And I noticed that was a 9 p.m. time. That's it. Definitely. That's
2: just put the kids to bed, the day is done and you go and treat yourself some time. We, I, w- I worked with Nutella for a while and we found that if we posted between 9.12 and 9.18 in the morning, that's just when mum got home from dropping the kids off to the school. It's breakfast time. Or she was sitting down to treat herself to a cup of coffee. And it was you could, guaranteed we would get... Three to four times the results that we would get if we posted twenty minutes later.
0: I'm, that's now going to be known as Nutella time.
2: It, <laughs> it, it really was
0: about nine thirty in the morning. Is Nutella time. Oh, look, their strategy was
2: they yeah. were very, like the audience they had online was young people obsessed with Nutella. The audience they wanted was mum who actually buys the Nutella. So we had to communicate in a way to mum, but still work for everyone else. And we found that that was that golden period.
0: Absolutely. I mean, look at all the gambling and beer ads during. Uh, sports matches you know if you actually look into um and any any good business with a good um, marketing team would look into this sort of stuff what time of day is your audience going to be on there and what kind of product are you trying to sell to them that's a very good point
1: what's your sort of basics on analytics how to look at them what to look for at a very basic level
2: okay so i have done half page reports two page reports and 20 page reports half page is enough Unless you are a multi-million dollar business that's across locations, localities, and you share info, you do not need a fancy and especially don't pay for a fancy 20-page report. In terms of your analytics, most of these platforms have got a back end. You can go and look at a dashboard and see uh, you want to know your age, you want to know peak times when people are online, and you want to know whether they're – you know, you get an idea, but you can actually look at the analytics to see whether people are just liking or whether they're liking and commenting or, you know, seeing what stage of actual engagement they go through to you with. Those are your key things. Everything, like, oh, the sort of stuff I had to bring up. No <laughs> one cares. Virality. Virality is a thing that was maybe important six years ago, but now it doesn't matter because it's so messed up by having to pay for things or, you know, you might put out something that Facebook – if you're putting it on Facebook, decides to only show to a certain region at a particular yeah. time. There's so many limitations in, in the algorithms that we can't see and control that it's really just top-line, top-level stuff. And if you're having good conversations with people, if people are commenting, that's great. If you've got people commenting and having conversations with each other, that's fantastic. That means you've created a community. So if uh, you can see absolutely. that You know when him,
0: I feel like I've, I've made it, and this has been happening maybe the last couple months, when other people tag someone on my post, I'm going, oh my yes. God, they want to tell their friends that's, about me? That's, yeah. exactly. that's That's like a nice feeling.
2: And analytics yeah. doesn't care about that. It doesn't show that that's not just, uh, you know, virality, okay. that's not just spread, but that's word of mouth endorsement. And that's worth 20 to 30 times as much financially to have someone that you yeah. trust say, hey, this is great. And I th- think of you when I see this product, you can't buy that
1: yeah so and everyone's got different values then because you you can compare with your website and go okay well i'm going to target these people but then uh, there's other people who are commenting and there's different demographics very
2: much so and different brands will have what is important to them uh be be the main thing i I worked for a long time on v energy drink and They decided early that they wouldn't use it as a sales platform. They'd announce when new stuff was coming out, but make fun of it. Their, their job was <laughs> to talk shit and to almost be a troll, like a company that was a troll. And so people would come and talk there. And that's what the company valued, only conversation. So it was do it anyway, put up a silly picture, make fun of someone. If someone makes a comment making fun of the brand, then turn around and make fun of them. And that was their decision, and it was ballsy and it was great but it was one of those things of what's what's an analytic thing for you that is important as a company and for them they're ne- not going to be market leaders red bull was already ahead of them so they could stand out online
1: by being a deadpool type character very much yeah. so
2: that we ended up doing like uh, doing promotions with Deadpool and getting to use the assets and talk in his tone and all this sort of stuff. Oh, sure. And that was great. But w- when you talk about analytics, it is a weird thing. Of For some people, they just want that cold, hard data. And then in your position, running the business yourself, it would be a lot more of a feel type thing. You'd look mm. at that and how does that make you feel? You know you put in the work. What was the, the return of investment? You know, you spent... 10 minutes on that one or an hour on that one you can see the you know gauge the response yeah and absolutely feel from that so, don't so
0: i've got a question for you then yes um this might be a difficult question to answer but for let let's say um someone's listening to this and they've got three or four hundred followers they're a, a jewelry business that have a successful shop they've got lots of customers they're trying to grow their online profile on instagram mm-hmm. let's say they've got three or four hundred followers they don't know enough about, you know, maybe the times they're posting out isn't ideal, but they've got those 300, 400 followers. How do they then perhaps work? Maybe And maybe that's the wrong audience. So maybe they're not getting the mums that they want. They're mm-hmm. getting the kids instead or, or whatever it may be. How do they then adapt or, or change... Their own fate of it, I guess to start posting at the times right. that are going to get their audience that they want I so that they're seen
1: in jewelry as well a, a problem that a lot of people have is that they're being followed by jewelers so it's kind of like an inside so yeah. those three or four hundred businesses yeah. might be jewelers so how do they expand so to find this new is audiences? one of those
2: weird situations where you turn your hat around and you become a marketer and that's where I can look at and you almost reverse engineer the situation you want. So you look at that and you go, okay, I've got four hundred followers that might all be from Kentucky, but I want people that are from New York. How do I shift that so I'm not ostracizing those people from from yeah. the initial audience? Absolutely. And the 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 easiest way, well, not the easiest, but the 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 most cost effective way, is to start following and commenting and engaging with anyone from New York, yeah, not in the jewelry industry, but in fashion, or the, look at industries just around the industry you're targeting and get involved in those conversations. Because it's all about that association, and if you can be linked to other things that are cool, then suddenly you're just as cool.
0: Do you know, someone told me um, in in a less smart way than that, when I first started out, and I think this is probably still very true, the more you engage social media, like Instagram, and I don't know about Facebook so much, but let's talk Instagram, the more you engage. So if I'm following other people, if I'm commenting on their things, if I'm liking their posts, I'm seen as an active Instagram account and therefore my Instagram account is getting seen by more people. And you're exactly right. And sometimes if I have time, which isn't a lot lately, I might go on to an account that I found of someone that I like or, or um, a product that I'd like to buy or even a product similar to mine and I might comment and then I might check on the other people that have commented and see what their other interests are and maybe they could become potential customers of mine too. Very
2: much so. And if anyone's left a comment with a question, then that's a great opportunity yeah. to jump in and answer. And it can only be a really short answer, but you've suddenly added to their conversation. It's validated their presence. They, mm. in turn, want to validate yours.
0: Of course. And if and by commenting on these other people's posts and timelines, other people who go to it later are going to see my name pop up too.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah I think a lot of people who, who get stuck in it tend to – talking on a – on a box (laughs) with a big Mm. loudspeaker but they're forgetting to engage go and see what other people are doing and engage I think a lot of um,
0: I think there's so much pressure to be on social media to have a social media presence right now that a lot of these businesses are maybe feeling a bit left behind or they're getting on there late but not really understanding what social media is or what it means to be on there and and how to do these things and so they're on there because they feel they have to be on there but they're not They're not using it to, a, to its fullest potential or, or they're not doing these things by engaging. They're just going on to post and then they're getting off. Yeah. So I think – and look, not every business owner or jeweler has time to engage but maybe that's where you get staff to do it. Instead, get a sure. staff member to run your social media and –
1: Yeah, or just you know, take an hour after Married yeah. at First Sight at the end of the week. Just, just, <laughs> just cancel out Married at
0: First Sight and just get on social media instead. Indeed. <laughs> Grow your
1: business. <laughs>
2: Find a young person.
1: Yeah, yeah right. There
2: are so many people that have arts degrees yeah. that are now in social media. Sure.
1: Go on, Airtasker. I'm sure I was going to say Fiverr,
0: Airtasker. Mm-hmm. Get someone to just log in and like a whole bunch of
1: stuff. But then at the same time, <laughs> that person is representing your business. So, like, you know, is it is it worth just taking an hour, mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks? I guess it, it's a
0: good point there. It depends on when we're talking about content and things like that before and the brand and what you value for your business and brand. But... About a year ago, I looked into using an app called Later. Mm. And what Later does is you can schedule posts and you can get, I guess, the people that work at Later to post these posts and these drafts at certain times of day or night when you want them to post them. And I looked into that because at the point in time when I looked into it, it mattered what time of day you posted it. And I think the algorithms don't matter so much on Instagram now. But I stopped before I decided to go ahead with it I stopped because my brand is very personal and I'm sharing my passion and my enthusiasm with my followers and if I use later they had to have my login they would comment on my behalf they would reply to people on my behalf and to me that took away my authenticity and my personality behind my brand but for a business that's let's say like you were talking with V with a business that perhaps doesn't need to have such a personal engagement. Maybe you're just using social media to post about a product or just to sell. In that case, an app like Later or, or someone coming in to kind of do the legwork for you, it wouldn't matter so much. And if it became a, a question about a product that they couldn't answer, they could say, someone will get back to you within 24 hours. Yeah, They can post something generic. But for me, that wasn't going to fit with my brand and, and what I wanted to achieve. But apps like that are really helpful for jewelers or, or businesses that don't have time to get on there and use it I guess or don't know how
2: to yeah I will I'll add one to that there's a platform called HootSuite I don't know if you should. I've heard of it but I don't
0: know much about it so it's a
2: sh- just it's just like a scheduling tool and you can schedule across all your social media accounts from one page and set up what time it's going to go out and make sure that they're all aligned and push and you get some analytics in the back end it's not free um, there are free elements of it. But what we're talking about here, if you were planning your posts out for a week, it meant that Monday morning, you could jump on and schedule the week and not have to worry about posting again, and then find yourself 10 minutes a day that you can sit down and reply to people or be involved in conversations and kind of separate that thinking. So it's your initial posts going out are the the blasts, the loud ones, and you take care of that in one day, and then the rest of the day is just, the rest of the days is just about fostering your community and keeping that going that can help with separating some of the clutter in your head that happens because it can get way too much when you're trying (laughs) to reply to people and be involved in a thread and, oh, there's a live stream going on that you want to be covering so you can talk about that later. But when you're trying to write this post, it gets way too much.
0: Yeah, it it can. It can get a bit crazy and a bit loud sometimes with replying to messages and comments and having conversations and networking and and business and especially – in the wonderful world of social media, it's twenty-four hours because mm-hmm. it's global. Yeah,
1: do you, do you have notifications on your phone? Do you get that thing where it's just like, peep, 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 or like you know, through? when you
0: when you get so big on Instagram, <laughs> it caps at a hundred. Ah, so after a hundred notifications, I, it doesn't tell me anymore. So if there's comments in there, I sometimes miss them because if I'm not checking sure. it often enough, and if I've had, you know, let's say ninety-two likes and three followers and five comments that's all it's going to tell me about. It's not going to tell me about maybe I had 10 other comments that I never saw and there's no way, maybe if I log into the computer, I don't know, but there's no way to actually go back and find out things that I've perhaps not seen. Rubbish. Yeah. It sucks being so big.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And finally I thought a good way to end with uh, who does social well in your opinion.
0: Oh, I haven't been prepped for this. I Uh, could have thought of so
1: many good people. Harry um, Rose springs to my mind as someone who does. Yeah, very good. Social. Do you know
0: Alistair Kelsey? I'm going to give him a shout out because his photography is amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. And I had a lovely chat with him last year about how he does it, and I'm just I'm still blown away that.
1: Okay.
0: He just does it all from his home studio, and it's incredible.
1: Because it's part photography and part his work as well. Because he's yeah. very precise and. F- yeah.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally can get along with that perfectionist in him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Tom, you who's who's good on any any platform? Uh,
2: two people that I can recommend follow he's not Jewelry, but follow The Rock on anywhere because he is fantastic <laughs> at social media. But the person for my money that does it best is a guy named Stephen Amell who is, he plays Green Arrow on the Arrow um, superhero TV show, which it should he's he does Facebook Live nearly every night and will talk through scripts and things that they're working on. And just last week they announced that they're cancelling Arrow. But he got to announce it on Facebook Live, wow. not sending it to Deadline or through any of because the media Because he had releases. so much
0: media coverage. Yeah, because wow. he's
2: such a big presence on That's Facebook fantastic. specifically. And, you know, he's launched a, a massive wine company from Facebook and you can buy wine through Facebook from him and stuff like this. Sure. But in Why terms not? of he has distilled his personality and put it online, which is very, very rare. Normally you see someone playing a character, but mm. this guy – somehow has taken off that mask and is just a very real person all the time online. Vin Diesel is actually quite similar to that. He's not as strong, but for a while there, he was the king of Facebook.
0: I think another um, you saying about real people, I always love – not that I follow these guys – all that much, but Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman oh. have a, a funny feud oh. going on and even Ryan Reynolds and, and Blake Lively, his wife. But I like following some people on social media, on Instagram and, and going, oh, these guys are friends and I feel like I'm part of their friendship because I watch yeah. it on both of the accounts. You know, yeah. that's part of the fun, I think, that I, and people probably see it on mine as well, people that I interact with often, we have in, in jokes and yeah. we have a laugh about things and we can maybe push boundaries and, you know, that's that's part of the fun too, is, is having that interaction across multiple platforms so people might see the interaction on my platform and they might see it on somebody else's and they're still being reminded about me i guess but that's not yeah. why i do it i just have friends
1: yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> in so, a lot of places <laughs> and uh, your favorite hashtag gem nerd yeah gem lovers
0: gem addict that's a good one i think okay gems of instagram tatum gems obviously myself that's, that's a good one <laughs> probably that
1: hashtag <laughs> You want to promote
2: yourself? I was just going to say hashtag weird flex, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favourite hashtag. (laughs) Um, Self-promotion, I don't know. You can hear me on We Are The Watchers podcast. I don't make jewellery. I I own a ring that's actually a bottle opener. Oh,
1: cool. (laughs) Yeah. And um, what's what's
2: We Are The Watchers? We Are The Watchers, myself and my friend Leah, Consummate Professional Radio, producer, we watch a hell of a lot of TV and movies and play games and tell you what's worth your time. And we watch stuff that – and talk about the other the shows that other p- shows aren't brave enough to talk about, <laughs> like medieval recreation battles and stuff.
0: Check you it know, out. I already know some jewelers that would cross over into that world, so that's beneficial. Oh,
2: this show's called Night Fight. It's the business.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you very much, Laura, for – Coming in. You're welcome. Thanks for having me back, Lindsay. Uh, absolutely. Anytime. Your, 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 your reach is uh, <laughs> appreciated. <laughs> and uh, see you next month. Bye.
2: You've been listening to a social storytellers podcast.